This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Limstebro. Before I get into the revenue sports, basketball, and football, I did want to give a little bit of shout out to the Wake Forest Dance Cheer Team. Those two groups went to their respective nationals this past weekend. The dance team made it to the semifinals of UDA, which is an insane accomplishment by itself. I watched a little bit of it this weekend, and I, I don't know how they do that like at all, but hey, kudos to you. I'm not really, I don't really care too much about them being non-revenue or just anything general. They're, they, they, they get varsity jackets like everyone else. They compete just like everyone else. Them doing well makes the university looks better. You know, making the university better look makes me happier. That's how that's supposed to work as a fan. I don't care that they aren't bringing in $5 million of revenue. I, I don't give, I don't care about that. Congrats to them. Excited for Tennessee's and startup. Uh, I think the women are going to have a solid team this year. They're, they're younger than you really want, but I think the young, the young bucks have some, some talent. Can they kind of grow up the men? You know, there's some eligibility stuff, but I'm still waiting to see how that handles out the rest of the year. They do get Boyton healthy. I think this is a team that could really shake some things up in the national spectrum. So we'll see. Basketball. A fine week for Wake Forest. I, 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 fine is the way I would put it. You went 1-1 one, one on the year. Let me see. Not on the year. You went one on, on the week. Dropping a game that was winnable against Florida State, 87-82. Then coming home, playing a UVA team that just does not know what to do on the road at this point, you know, 66, 47. Overall fine. It just, 
just overall fine. I don't think there was any way of making the week massive. And I don't think there was any way. I think there was only one way of making it terrible. You know, I don't, this was never a week that was going to propel you. This was only a week that I think could have just tanked you. And I think you did a fine job. I, I do think you won the more important one in this. Obviously, you want to win all of them. But I think it's, I, I honestly think it's better that you won the, if you had to pick one to win, I would prefer both, but if you pick one to win, I think winning the UVA game was a little bit more important. They're a team that's closer to the bubble, and, and which feels weird to say because obviously you want to not have any landmine losses, but the general consensus just from bracket makers and also people who have watched all of the ACC has been that FSU might just be figuring it out. You know, they, they are scheduled the next couple of weeks is really going to tell us what we need to know, but they're right now they're four and one, they're tied third in the ACC. And also just road games are hard. It feels like an excuse to say that, but road games are really hard, man. They are they are tough. Just look at what's happened in college basketball over the last couple of days. What just yesterday, Utah and Washington fell some very ungood teams. On Saturday, Tennessee, a top ten team, struggled, and I mean absolutely struggled with George before pulling it out. Houston, number two team in the country, probably won't be when the AP poll comes out today, but lost their second game in a row, both at home, both on the road. A solid Oklahoma team got their teeth kicked in by by Kansas in the second half. Kentucky, top 10 team, went into College Station, faced Texas A&M, lost by five in overtime. Syracuse got just destroyed by Carolina. And I think Syracuse has been a fine team. They got mollywopped. Going on the road is hard, man. San Diego State, who has been darlings of the CBB media, lost by almost 20. To New Mexico. Texas, who should, not, who should not have been ranked. Why I don't know why we were ranking Texas, but okay, whatever. Still a fine team. West Virginia has not been one of the best, has not been a good team all year. You know, take down the Longhorns by three at home. Going on the road is hard in college basketball. And so that's why I, you know, it, that's why the spread was what it was. It wasn't exactly a Wick Forest minus, you know, eight to ten, and they just fell on their faces. No, it was a it was expected to be a close game. Like playing on the road sucks. But I think just with the perception, I think the way you lost that that Florida State game might just be more annoying than anything else. There wasn't a way for you to lose that UVA game and it come out well. You know? It would have been a, your first home loss. That would have really taken the, the shine off of things. But th- breaking out how it would have happened, either your defense goes out there and gives up a billion points to UVA who hasn't been able to score all year and they don't have the FSU excuse of the FSU justification of, Oh, well, our best players are, you know, have either been hurt or hidden behind transfer waivers. You let that team score 75, 80 points on you. That doesn't that, and you lose, that doesn't look great. Or on the flip side, your offense, which has been vaunted all year. And, you know, it's been like, it's been something people have really harped on. Like this offense is really, really good. Get shut down by yet another. I mean, they didn't really get shut down by Florida State. They still put up 82 points, but your team gets 
drug down in the mud by Tony Bennett. And, you know, you can only muster up 50, 55 points and you lose a dogfight. Oh, so then when they finally play a good defense, this offense isn't good. Yet there is just no way to spin that loss into something good just moving forward. Whether or not UVA turns it around, whether or not Florida State turns around, like what is what it is. It's more the perception of those of where the team is and how they would have taken to lose that game. I don't know if there would have been a good way to lose the UVA game. I don't think there was a great way to lose the FSU game, but they're long, they're athletic, they might be figuring out there's a reason that our Hamilton have been coaching this long. So I think he won the quote unquote more important game. And I don't think it I don't think it would have moved you anywhere. And you're basically right where you were last week, which was on the cusp of being right when the AP poll comes out, I'm assuming Wake Forest will still be pretty high in the receiving votes. And you're in the last four in. Like, I, I you didn't move. You, you just didn't really move. I think you game, I think you end up getting two spots in the net. So, woo. And I don't, and unless you would smoke Florida State, they, it wouldn't have done anything. Like, it, it wouldn't have. So, now you're getting to, and I think this is probably, you know, every game is is meaningful. Every game is important. This is where I think you're getting into the, okay, this is the shit serious now. Because now you're playing your next three out of four on the road. You've done, I wouldn't say all you could do at home because, you know, you going undefeated at home would really be something special. But also the fact that you do have some some pretty big games in Duke and in Clemson at the end of the year. Right now, Duke's a clear Q1 win in a Q1 game. Not talking down as a win, but they're a clear Q1 game. Clemson's kind of borderline right now in Q1. I think Clemson will be fine. Even if they're not Q1, they're a game. It's a game over team in the teams in the field. That's something I think to focus on more and more is how many games are you playing and winning against teams that are in the conversation or in Wake Forest right now. I would say has five of those games right now under their belt, UGA, Utah. Cause so I think UGA is really surprising people. And I think they're, they're in the conversation. They're not there, but they're in the conversation. UGA, Utah, Florida, Virginia tech, and Miami, you know, Boston college, maybe that fringe there too, but no. Yeah. So UGA, Utah, Florida, Virginia tech, Miami, you can put six if for UVA, or if you want to, if you want to swap out UGA for UVA, it's fine there. I'll go six just to, for the sake of this argument, six six with the, with them. You're four and two in that in that grouping, and that's and that's really important. I don't think it's great that your two losses are away from from home though. That's I think that's going to be the biggest knock on Wake Forest's metrics right now. Besides, you know, you don't have a Q one win because Boston College is what 70 or 83rd in net so they're right there on the cusp of it i think you need to win start winning games against it's the next step you need to start winning games against these teams that are you know around the bubble on the bubble in in the tournament on the road and you get and that's and that's why i think the stretch is important but not all it's not if you lose it's not end all be all you get nc state on the road tomorrow Louisville on Saturday at home, then you go Monday at UNC, and then you finish off the week at Pittsburgh. 
you know, Pittsburgh's not not necessarily in the tournament conversation right now, but I think the fact that this is a is an opportunity for Q one win, I think is I think is important. You know, I think we'll be able to learn a little more about this pit team as as we keep going on. You know, they did get their teeth kicked in by Duke last week, but Duke looked insane. You know, they they get Syracuse, then they have to go to Duke. They, they really played Duke a lot recently. Then they go to GT, to Miami, then then and host Wake. You know, what does Pitt look like after that stretch? I'm not really sure right now. If you can come out of this stretch right here, three and one, I think you're thrilled. I think you're absolutely thrilled with that. If you come out of this stretch two and two, I think you feel fine depending on what those two are. If your two are Louisville and UNC, I think if you go in two and two, one of them, you have to, you have to have to have to beat Louisville. I, I do not know if Wake's, I do not know if Wake's resume could survive that landmine because that they are in a completely different class than an FSU. They, they are. I don't care. They just lost. FSU just lost. coming. I don't care that Miami just lost <laughs> to Louisville. I do not think the Wake Forest resume right now could survive a loss to Louisville. I think that's very fair. Every game's not life or death, but that would be a... You, you need to be I, beat Duke on the road to, to make up for that, or beat UNC on the road to make up for that. If you go 2-2, two and two, you know Louisville and then either State or UNC, I think you feel, I think you feel fine. I think you're like, okay, I think State's a, a solid team. They're in the tournament conversation with that beat UNC it's hey man that's that is a 1A great win fantastic that second one's pit you probably felt you probably still were in the position you are in right now more than likely depending on how close that pit game is but you're probably still in that you're you're not going to get tanked for losing to UNC you're just unless you get the your teeth kicked in you're not going to not going to take them up that's going to be a Torvik has that game right now at UNC plus UNC minus 11. I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that, that line will probably be around 13, 14 around then. So yeah. So you're not going to get tanked for losing the UNC unless you just get the doors blown off you. NC state, one of those ones that would be a night, that would be a nice to have. That'd be a really, be really, really nice to have that win. Pitt sort of same in a lot to a lesser degree. So I don't think your resume really moves much in terms of if, if you lose to state and UNC. So I think I think going two and two is probably the the minimum of what you can do here. You go one and three, you got you got a lot of work to do, buddy. And you always are gonna have a lot of work to do. You you were always gonna whether you go two and whether you go one and three, two and two, three and one, or even four and zero, oh, you got a lot more work to do. If you go if you magically not magically, there's there's a wrong possibility. If you go four and zero in the stretch, you still your resume is still not done, and that's where I think the not getting too high, not getting too low when it comes to looking at all the bracketology and stuff like that is important because they could sit here and go and go four and zero in that stretch, and then a week later lose to Georgia Tech on the road, and then it's just like okay, cool now now you're sitting back here like you got to make up this win somehow. So there is a long season. I, I think going three and one is probably the the best outcome here, the probably the, the more favorable in terms of realistic outcomes here. If you're going three and one, if you can do that, 
you still have work to do, but I think you'll find yourselves above this last four in, first four out sort of scenario you have for yourself right here. I'm really interested with NC State. I, I'm very interested, you know, will it be ball screen hell for them? I'm not sure, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team grows up because when you look at basically everyone but Andrew Carr, they haven't, none of them have been, you know, really, really, you know, 25, 30 minute pieces to teams that are the hunted or, you know, NCAA tournament teams in general. You know, Carr, just looking at him from when he played at, at Delaware, when they made the tournament, I mean, he was 25, 28, but both, both his, in both his years there. So he's, he's been about a 30 minute per game guy. He, he knows, he knows what it's like, but which is really weird considering where the other guys have come from. But Cam obviously hasn't done that because, you know, Wake hasn't, hasn't been that team and they haven't been the hunted the last few years. Afton Reed barely played last year and was and had his stuff at had some stuff at, at LSU, but you know, he was in foul trouble constantly. Hunter Salas was a role player on that Gonzaga team, but that's just a, it's a different different thing going from playing, you know, 15, 16 minutes a game to now playing 32, 33, 34 game. Poopy basically missed all of last year. He only played four games, you know, and now he's not only assuming a bigger role on the team, but now having to do that while also you know, learning to play at a higher, on a higher level of basketball in the ACC, just different than central Michigan, which is one of the worst teams in the country usually. And so, you know, they're, we're seeing these, they're seeing these guys who you know, are saying they're in their third and fourth years of college, but these guys are really kind of learning on the job right now. They're extremely learning on the job, what it's, what it is to win, what it is to be the hunted and what it is to be an NCAA tournament team. Like, that doesn't come overnight. They're going to have, there are going to be some stuff that that's not going to be great, but if they can continue to string stuff together, they, I think they understand the opportunity that they have. And I think that opportunity starts on Tuesday with NC state. I think that's, that's one where you're like, if they can come out of here with a win on the road, you really start to feel like they are, taking that next step to being, you know, to being back. So that's, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they handle that, especially after the last game on the road, they were really sped up, you know, Boston college, they didn't come out great on the road, very sleepy environment. This will probably be the first one in a while that, you know, they'll be on the road and the environment won't be sleepy really the first one all year. So I'm interested to see, you know, this isn't going to be a create your own energy game. Those are the games I usually hate for wake. I hate create your own energy stuff because I think this Wake team has not an issue, but they definitely have struggled with getting up at times early, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with environment when they're playing in, you know, these kind of raucous environments, they're usually have been, they've been pretty solid. I think going to PNC might give you your first taste of, okay, well, how can they handle playing in a bigger, on a bigger energy spot? I think that might honestly suit them better than kind of your sleepier environments. But again, if they go one and three, season isn't over. It's not. No one's a bad coach. You know, I think we put a lot more in coaching than we should. I always think it's funny when I after the FSU game, I got I saw a couple of things, including my mentions of like Forbes got out coached by this, like like usual. And then he, you know, on Saturday goes out there and whips, excuse me, and whips a 
a dude who has a title in, in recent history. So did he on, did he just become a better coach? Did Tony Bennett forget out of coach? Like, I, I think we just put a lot more on coaches than probably should. Not saying that they don't have a job to do, but sometimes your dudes just stink. And sometimes your dudes play well and you and you don't have to do much. Some, some, sometimes you're like, look, I have the perfect game plan. We're trying to implement it. We're trying to bring them back in. And, you know, the guys, you're still dealing with 19 to 21-year-olds. Dealing with 25-year-olds is, is hard enough. Now you're dealing with people who don't have their frontal lobe grown. Come on now. Sometimes your players just do dumb stuff. And, you, and it's just part of the job. So take it step by step, one game at a time. Yeah, I know I'm not gonna say, you know, you win this, you win this game and you're automatically in the tournament. You lose this game, you're not automatically out of the tournament. It's it's a one game. It's just a matter of eventually you have to start stacking some of these games on the road. I think this is an an important I think this is an important stretch for Wake Forest. I don't think it's bad to say that. It's not putting too much pressure. It's an it's an important stretch. You've got to win on the road. So Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Kind of doing some housekeeping now with football. Uh, we'll have some visitors on campus today. I'll put up a list a little bit later today on for the VIP members. They're they're swinging for the fences. You know they've been out recruiting in person, and you know today they'll have they'll have some groups, and then they'll have a group for the Louisville game on Saturday, and then another one next week. Kind of how these things work for junior days. When I say they're swinging for the fences, I'm really like there are some top 200-ish guys that have very much expressed interest in Wake, and I don't think it's a thing of NIL. Like, Wake's never going to be, you know, throwing around money for high schoolers. That's just not who they are. 
But I do think it's interesting coming off of a four and eight season that they had their highest rated signing class. And I think there's a lot of guys on here that can help that, that can that can help Wake Forest in 2024 and 2025. I think having those guys on campus while having some of these top rated guys like they're fighting with they're fighting with Michigan for a couple of guys, they're fighting with Notre Dame for a couple of guys. And I think a lot of guys are trying to get in right now are the are North Carolina kids, which is really interesting because not that they've had bad luck with North Carolina kids, but it's been a kind of a notable thing that the North Carolina top rated guys just haven't worked out as well, not just at Wake, but in general, the last few years, you know, your top recruits in the state of North Carolina haven't performed to their to their rankings. And, you know. Travis Shaw hasn't really done much at UNC. I'll I'll put it like this: the UNC crew crop just have not done a ton of stuff. You know, Shalik Knotts at Maryland, meh. Jalen Walker's been fine. You know, Wesley Grimes from twenty twenty two. You look through the top one, top fifty guys from twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one, and twenty twenty, and you're not going to find a lot of guys that are already really solid college players, which is kind of frightening to me. You know, Drake May is definitely someone that you're, I think in the 2020 class, it's May, Shipley, Travion Cooley has been fine. Peyton Page has been all right at Clemson. But you look through the top 50s and you're, you're really just like, I think there are more guys that have either transferred down or just quit the sport than there have been actual, like, legitimate, you know, just not only even care about winning Heisman's or something, like that. it's just legitimate P5 players. The last, like, 2022, 2021, 2020, those, those guys just have not panned out really wherever they've gone, with a few exceptions, like your Drake's, Trent Simpson's, stuff like that. It hasn't been pretty, and so that's why I've never really been someone that's. I think an ASP Eagles would probably him and him and Aiden White would probably be in there too. It's why I've never really like super like. Oh my god, you have to have a bunch of these guys in state. I think it's important to recruit in state, but I think it's also okay to, to say that there have been a lot of just equitable guys in Georgia and South Carolina and Tennessee and you know, Florida and just different states. And so while on paper, it might look not the best to go and to, to have a heavy out of class, out of state class, you know, the results have been, these guys haven't been, haven't panned out for the most part. And so now you look at it for this year and they're, I don't think they're making a necessarily concentrated effort on going in state. I just think there happen to be some people that are listening. And I think guys like Malcolm Mustafa, Kalen Carson and Kobe Turner are very much helping sell Wake Forest to these to you know to different people and you know whether or not they had a four-year season last year, Wake's Wake's offense production is is what it is. Why receivers are still lining up at the door? Let, let it be clear. You know Zach Tom has definitely has definitely helped them with some higher-rated guys on the offensive line and some guys that might not be rated right now, but once we get in, they'll be probably mid to high three stars. They're flirting with some four stars there. But I think the success these guys are having, just Sear Taylor, the success these guys are having in the NFL 
is starting to pay off. And I think Wake sees an opportunity now that they're still, they're never going to be a class of nothing of, you know, there's never going to be five, six, seven, four stars in a Wake Forest class. It's just not going to be a thing. But I do think it's, it's, I think the class that Wake Forest had this past year should be closer to what you are if you're really humming at Wake Forest, which is should have, should have probably somewhere two to three, four stars. And I think Jeremy gets that fourth star. People really liked him at the American game. The big, 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 big question with him is his height. You know, he's, he came in at just under 5'11", 168. Um, yeah, he's going to put on weight. I think everyone's pretty clear that he's going to put on weight, but it's just the height. In fact, he doesn't run as much. You know, if, he's, if you're around that 5'10", 5'11", Mark, they want you to be more like a, a Kyler Murray, something of that nature where, you know, we're seeing you move around the pocket. Like, and he's mobile in the pocket. He'll step up. He'll, he'll read some blitzes and he'll move away, but he's not going to break the game open with his legs. That's just not who Jeremy is. And that's probably why, you know, he hasn't gotten, not probably, that's one of the reasons why he hasn't gotten that fourth star is just when you're projecting to the draft, having a guy that's, you know, a 5'11 gunslinger isn't the most appealing to the NFL draft. It doesn't mean they can't be a very good college player. It just might not be the most appealing when it comes to, you know, the NFL draft is what it is. But I think that way, when Wake's humming, it's, you know, two to three, four stars. You have a bunch of high three stars. And if you're a high three star, that's 87, 88, 89. Look at this class. They had one, two, three. They had four guys with that 87s, two, uh, three at eight, uh, two at 88s with Glenn Richard and Andrew Hines. Jeremy's at an 89. I think it's the 90. And then kind of the crown jewel of the class of Jeremiah Melvin, you know, 209th in the country, four star, 90. 91 over, overall. And then the rest of it is kind of like, okay, cool. Like it's kind of, you kind of see a lot of 86s with, you know, Tayshawn Bernie, who I think is one of the better cover corners. Sam Neely, I think is going to be a pretty good corner. Ty Clark, who's a gray shirt, but I think he's going to be solid. I think that's more so of what you see with this class is, is going to be, you know, you're going to have some guys that are going to be these late bloomers that pop up out of nowhere and you have to fight off Georgia and, Florida, Alabama for some of these guys, but I think that's more of what a good class for Wake will sign. I think that's more of what they're trying to go for in this in this class. It's going to have a couple of crown jewels, and I don't know if your guys like Bryce Davis or Jadon Blair. You know, I think I know Jadon Blair is visiting today, but you know, do those guys end up in your class? Who knows? But, but I think the fact that you have a guy like Lachlan Hewitt already, who scouts love him. You know, our ranking analysts love him. I think his game is pretty damn good for how young he is. I think having, I mean, he's a candidate to rise up the rankings, especially because he had a very, very good year. I think with another solid summer and then another a, a solid year this year, he could really, you know, push push his way up the rankings. But yeah, I think you have guys like Tyler Williams down in Summer High, Carl Jenkins, like these guys that are being coveted by other Power Five programs. Those guys, Wake's doing a very good job with. You know, I think those guys could push that four star. You're looking at a guy like Colby Cronk and and Kobe Saka, Sakaya uh, Pra, you know, two really good edges. Cole uh, Cole Wonderbrook is released top five. Wake Forest is on it. I think Cole is your classic Wake Forest player in terms of. I think he's a high floor, maybe a low ceiling kind of guy. I think he's kind of grown into who he is at this point. So I think he'd come in and play and possibly play early, but I don't know if he has like the super super high upside. But that's like a classic Wake Forest. We can get, we found this guy in the middle of nowhere, Atlanta, 
like he's he's not the highest rated but he's also someone that's like okay cool like p5 teams won for a reason you know i think the linebacker crew people have have noticed glenn spencer and what he's done with linebackers i I don't i don't think what his what happened two years ago with brian smenda and this year with with jacob roberts has gone unnoticed i think people are really noticing wake forest linebackers plays have gotten extremely better and that has attracted a better quality of linebacker i don't know if they're going to go out there and sign you know a five-star backer but i wouldn't be surprised if they landed a four-star backer whether it's someone that is a four-star right now or rises up the ranks through through the year so yeah i think the play on the field is going to matter a bit but i think whatever they're selling right now is working and so they're going to keep doing that I'm I'm interested to see spring practice. I, I'm interested to see the quarterback battle between Hank Bachmeyer and Michael Kern and Jeremy Flinsky and Charlie Gilliam. I'm interested to see that. Um, I I don't think they I, I just don't think Jeremy will win it this year. For, I think they honest just because I think he just needs time to not so much learn the offense but just to get bigger. Like he's got to be got to learn. He's got to be able to have some meat on his bones to be able to handle hits. Not just because of what you think about the offensive line. But just in general, sometimes people just get hit. You can't have them break from day one. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Guys are reporting school now. Wake Forest didn't have any any sort of wavering with their transfer commits. I know this year has felt more people have flipped left and right. Wake Forest did a good job of getting their guys in. Really happy about that. We'll see how that continues. Thank you guys so much for listening. Always enjoy these. And as always... Good eeks.